0: yeah
1: hey it's josh williams here guys with the one man podcast another bonus episode for you we're recording this here on thanksgiving all right here in canada For most of my listeners, they would know what day that is. Some of you other parts of the world might not know. And today, my guest is a good friend of mine. I always love hanging with this guy. I love working with this guy. He has opened for George Lopez, for Steve Harvey, for uh, George Carlin, the one and only late great George Carlin. He has opened twice for, in his words, the artist formerly known as Bill Cosby. He's also an Emmy Award nominee He's here with me now, my buddy Lamont Ferguson. Thanks for uh thanks for doing this, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. It's lovely. (laughs) Happy
2: Thanksgiving. This won't uh, in the past. And maybe people will download it in the future for next Thanksgiving. That's how (laughs) forward-thinking this thing is. Happy 2019 Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you know, it's uh it's a fucking cold day here in Ottawa. I already uh yeah, I have no plans for Thanksgiving. I think I I just spent a couple days with friends doing Thanksgiving. So again, people will nice. hear the episode of the podcast that I record tomorrow before they hear right. this interview, much like last week. But uh, Lamont Ferguson, the other half of an amazing week that I had in uh, in Ottawa at Absolute Comedy. Uh, Lamont was hosting, Paul Meyerhaw was headlining. We had so much fun. Yeah, that was so. too much show.
2: We need to hunt down all those people <laughs> and charge them more money is what needs to happen on that.
1: It was a great week, man. It was a lot of fun. It's 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 a little in the past now, a little uh, little in the rear view. Yeah. How was uh, how was this last weekend?
2: Last weekend was good. It was uh, fun. The, the The crowds were eclectic. Let's say that because it was up and down. You had older, then you had some younger folks here. And on Sunday, which had been yesterday, uh, the uh, they were like a Saturday night first show. So they were older folks there, which is my wheelhouse. You know, I'll make the young people laugh, but I feel more comfortable in front of the older folks because they aren't not going to get offended yeah. by me saying the truth they're,
1: Yeah. They're not <laughs> yeah. laughing at the theory of the joke. They're right. laughing at the actuality yeah. of it. Last yeah. nice
2: night was kind of funny though. Cause I got to do some stuff, uh, that I hadn't done prior. There were a lot of minorities in the show. So I, there was, <laughs> there was more race stuff done, <laughs> not by plan, but just how it is. And, uh, so I was talking about the fact of how there everyone has made it to Canada. Lots of tons of people. That's the thing you guys have done. Well, you got the melting, you've got the true melting pot except for large quantities of Latinos. That's not around, which is really, really odd to me. They can't maintain their tans here. Well, no, maybe. I said, because uh, people will then go, oh, it's too cold. And I'm like, that, that can't be the case because you, you got a shitload of Jamaicans. So yep. therefore it can't be the, the temperature. Uh, my theory is uh, the people in Canada, white people in Canada, still love doing their own landscaping and farming. And that's, okay. <laughs> and I said that to the audience and they didn't know how to react to it because Canadian audiences are quick to, oh, to be fun. offended for things that, and they were like, we don't know if that's offensive because there are no Latino people. So yeah, therefore, we yeah. have to look at them in the crowd first and <laughs> yeah. see if they're laughing. So it
1: was fun. That's actually really funny. <laughs> hey, it's as valid a theory as any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I always do these podcasts seemingly at the end of a weekend when when guys were here but then they've, they've always done the run so I want to uh, I want to just you know tell my listeners nice and early that there's still a chance for my Ontario peeps to come yes, and see do. you. you've got yeah.
2: two weeks coming up. Two weeks in Kingston and yep. then the, close the whole thing out in Toronto, which is flip because I think the last five years I've been doing it the other way: Toronto and then ending up in Ottawa. Prior to that, it was always this way: Ottawa and then back out to Toronto. So it'll be interesting to go back and. And see that's how the it goes. disappointing thing is because every time I get the chance, that people sit down. They go, oh, "I love that
1: guy," and then it's like, "Oh shit!" But he just we just missed him. And, right. And yeah. Now yeah. we have to think to look for him in a right. year from now. Yeah. So this is an opportunity. I'm sorry, Ottawa people, you missed it. I told you I was going to be there. All right, in the podcast, yeah. I fucking told you. You who's were warned. Be with me. You had all, all right? day. The ones who came out, amazing. And I know you know how good a time you had. But in terms of people who missed it, that was uh you should listen to me more often <laughs> but you have two weeks now. So this is going to come out on Friday, which means at the point that people are listening to this, you are already in Kingston. Right. You've already put two shows behind you, but you've got uh, two weeks, two weekends at least yeah. left to come and see you. That's in Kingston and then in uh, in Toronto afterwards. So check out absolute my Toronto peeps, my Kingston peeps. Um, Go to the website. I don't say peeps ever, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, right say you actually. just said it
2: three times. I was like, this like must be a thing that he does. <laughs> my peopals. Uh, <laughs> yo,
1: my dogs. You guys need to listen up. Uh, uh, <laughs> whatever hype words you need me to say That's to right. encourage you to go see my friend who is funny. I, I was trying to think of a way when I was fucking wiping down the table before the podcast. I was trying to think of a way to describe uh, just, just like... Uh, the the way you command presence on stage. And I it sounds odd, but just like you have like a stand-up grace on stage. Grace was the word that I thought of that oh, made nice. the most sense to me. It's nice. So I was almost like, but grace sounds soft. Not I don't know. Does it make sense? No, it makes sense. It's not sense, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not, but not soft. There you can be graceful and fucking right. and command presence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fucking like well, a, not like not a, the current president, but we've had presidents right. who could be You know, graceful and command presence, right? right? Obama was one of them. Right, exactly. But at the same time, yeah, so all I'm saying is. The first
2: thing that came to my mind is uh, I like it that I'm going to now go with that I am the uh, Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly of comedy. (laughs) I like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's, a, Swinging that's around graceful.
1: That sounds graceful to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean dude I, I love watching you work and I, I do strongly encourage all of my uh, listeners in Kingston and Toronto to, to take the opportunity to see you because you're one of the club favorites you come every year every year yeah. and uh and you yourself have said that you spend most of the year working in Canada yeah,
2: yeah it's a It's a weird thing that that's what I found. But, you know, that's how the business is. There's so many... I heard when you and Paul were talking about and is right, uh, there's so many different niches for comics to find their foothold and what it is they do. And Canada just happened to be mine, that uh, uh, there's a connection with the audience here that gets it. A lot of times I'll make fun of it and just kind of allude to the fact that, oh, Americans are stupid, and everybody laughs at that. But that's not really what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that it really is attention span it's really that's what it is uh can, we in america have a slave mentality to television everything every, you got to be entertained all the time this is a weird thing mm. uh, and i always like telling uh, canadians this you know on our gas pumps there's a television set really yeah on our gas pumps because you can't be left alone with your own thoughts for like really? 2 or 3 minutes Holy yeah shit how you, long has that been Oh, at least five years. At least five televisions? years. Televisions? Yeah. You So you'll pull out the, you'll go to get your gas, you'll pull the, the, the nozzle out of the pump, and then the TV starts running. Oh, it's not just like going all the time. No, no, no. Just with entertainment while you're there at the pump pumping your gas. And then when you put it back, it shuts down. And it'll either give you like Tonight Show clips, stuff, or it'll give you oh, news or some type of entertainment reel of something hmm. on there. Yeah, so we always have to be entertained so it's like a fucking you pull the pump off and it's
1: like TMZs yeah. coming at you love yeah like, exactly that's fucked up because yeah. i know there's promo screens everywhere we have that. Right. Like, i mean it's basically yeah. miniature versions of times square in your face all the yeah. time now yeah. because you can't go five seconds without being advertised yeah, exactly that i get and i wonder yeah, yeah. i wonder what we got what, them
2: on uh, the we got them on the pumps and that's the thing i said so we have to and it's audible be too oh yeah okay yeah. So it's not you're like sitting, th- yep you're sitting there watching and listening uh we have to be entertained uh, canada you got winter, seven months out of the year, That's uh, uh, the so when the, when the, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say eight and I thought that was a mean, uh, so, but when this, the weather clears up, you guys go outside, which mm. slows your attention span down. You're not sitting there being bombarded by television. And then it makes it so that an audience can listen to a story from beginning to end. And that's yeah. the connection that goes on with me And the, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of Canadian comics are storytellers. Uh, so we don't have that in the states. We don't have really? a lot. Of, we don't have a lot of that in the states. Let's say that we don't have a lot. You go to a club, it's just Joe, 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 because that's the attention span of the comedy club audience. That's there.
1: Yeah, yeah. i it's my understanding too. Like when you look at some, it, you know, it's actually because because like you said, you were listening to Paul and I talk, where he was saying how in the UK it's like twenty minutes. Like, oh yeah, a, oh my yeah, heard god, that. how magical is that? Yeah. A headline twenty minute spot. Yeah, it's you crazy. Just do three of them in a night. There's yeah. no like you don't even you you're basically killing for 20 minutes yeah. and then you walk away goddamn yeah. gunslinger yeah how <laughs> easy see it you just
2: you rack up uh the best stuff is right? what it is maybe put one new thing in there and the rest of the best stuff and then you're done yeah
1: yeah and and but the idea is like i was just thinking about how like looking at the i guess the open mic spots now this is obviously in the busier places the bigger cities and it's like which in canada that's all we have yeah but you're doing like i'm looking at some of the spots i'm in la at the end of the month uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about those horrible yep. places that you told me about that basically it's gonna be the last it's my last hurrah i'm doing like the last <laughs> vegas fucking old dogs thing at right. 35 yeah in los angeles <laughs> but i was looking at some of the clubs there and and like their open mic like, spots some of them are two minutes long three minutes
2: yeah yeah like, i've
1: seen three minute spots but are they? But are, is it generally speaking like five or six? Like yeah, here? generally okay. it's five. Yeah. Because so I just figured like looking at looking at some of the New York spots too. It's like yeah, you get get I can throw you three minutes. Like that's what it is. Is you get three minute spots. I'm like, holy fuck. I mean, I know there's more people going for it. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that is when you're headlining, like Paul and I were talking about. It's like yeah. it's like an hour, an hour. Yeah. Sometimes like hour twenty five. I've heard comics say that. Well, they- on
2: on one nighters, uh, the most time there's just two comics on the show. Okay. So and the show is an hour and a half. So you gotta fill the hour and a half. So the you know, the opener will go out and the feature will do a half an hour and okay. then the the headliner goes out and closes with an hour. So that's kind of typical that goes on. The club sets are shorter, club sets are forty five. Okay, so it is very so, similar yeah, to here yeah, an hour Club course. sets okay. are forty five. you're not really doing an hour unless you're Less people came to see them, you know.
1: Okay, so yeah, because I've heard guys like Burr talking about doing like, you know, I did an hour twenty five. I feel like if I do less than an hour, you know, hour hour twenty five, I'm ripping them off. And I'm like,
2: yeah, maybe that's 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 like two fucking sets. Yeah, and a venue for where they came to see him that, you know, they are, he feels like giving that much to the people, but most of the time in the clubs it's 45. Yeah. You know, cause they're turning stuff over and stuff like that. But in the theater venue, yeah. An hour, 10 hour, 15. Yeah. Maybe, that I get. Like that. Yeah. And I've seen
1: those shows here where I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's incredible. But at the same time, yeah, you're also paying eighty, a hundred dollars for yeah. a ticket. So yeah, you better give me a little more than the $20 yeah. And sometimes, I mean, price.
2: you have to be able to wield that set too, because there are times where you know, after an hour, it just feels like it. If it feels like it, it flew by. Then yeah, that's fantastic. That's great for yeah. an audience member. But there are times where you're like, all right, we uh, we've enough. <laughs> I used to say that. Cause I knew some people were doing like hour and a half sets at one point in time somewhere. And I go, yeah, if you're, you better be given evacuation procedures. <laughs> if you're talking for that long, there's no reason to be talking for that long.
1: <laughs> I've heard of, uh, I've heard of this cause again, you, you live in Los Angeles and have you been there the whole time?
2: No, I was in San Diego before that. Okay. So San Diego for, uh, 20 some odd years. And then, uh, uh, LA Long Beach for like the last 15 maybe something like that maybe a little bit short of 15 but yeah and so that's it works nice because there's a lot of comics actually in in Long Beach because you're outside of LA but Mm. you're close enough to be able to get into LA and do stuff that you need to do Um, yeah there's quite a few comics that now live in Long Beach and stuff so it it makes it easier because my home club is the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach that's like 25 minutes door to door to get there so that's perfect that's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah.
1: I've heard I've heard of this in the in the states. I don't know what it's like in in California, but I've heard of clubs that are like four hundred seaters. Oh yeah, four hundred fifty. Like, and that's there's one right around like, the corner from me.
2: Yeah, the the Laugh Factory in downtown Long Beach is like seats four hundred, I think at least, and it makes no sense because the place is never full.
1: Yeah, well, of course, yeah, and yeah. It, that sucks for the comic to walk out stage to see the place half empty yeah. because you're getting books. like and you doing want open mic fill- at the stadium yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have 500 people show up for that that's an, a massive success somewhere else yeah but you walk in you're like um, huh. <laughs> yeah it just, just looks shitty. yeah I
2: got 30 people in this arena <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but that's and, and that's crazy and then they're doing the same thing, right like two shows Friday, two shows maybe three shows on a weekend yeah and you're and, and obviously the expectation is not for you to fill that as the comic right like no. there's no there's no book who's going how the because no. if you're filling 450 seats, twice in a night, why aren't why you doing not? a theater? Yeah. yeah, why not do a theater, Get You me know? more money,
2: yeah. Uh, but there was, a, you know, the... Um I think they've gone through a, a revamp and remodel, but the improv in Tempe, Arizona, that used to be my favorite room in the States uh, back when, in the early years. And that room was huge. And that room was like a, it's the place where Dennis Miller filmed black and white, His okay. black and white special was filmed there. And uh, that place was huge. It had a balcony and stuff like that. And so that was the first of these monstrosity type of clubs. And they did pretty well at filling it on the weekends and stuff, you know, and it had decent numbers, but this was back in the, early nineties. So you have to tail into the boom a little bit before comedy central started having its impact on stuff. So it was uh easy to do, but uh, I don't know why you would have a club today that mm. has it. I know other clubs that built it comedy cave over in Calgary, they moved to a new location and it's perfect. I went, I, I was there in June and I said, yeah, this is the perfect thing for the new thing of a comedy club. It's 125. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause you don't have to worry about filling 125. It, right, you know, it, it works out well. And then if you do that, it it works out until you don't have to bring in names to draw to kind of to, to trampoline and jumpstart the next week and that type of deal. And being
1: sold out, there's nothing better for you than being sold out because that just makes people, want it more yeah. now it's like oh shit it's sold okay well i better get my tickets early next yeah. time and then just yeah. everybody's yeah that's that's way better than like oh we can just show up and we don't have to worry about reservations yep. there is nothing more stressful before doing a, a show obviously club owner or one night or whatever then going uh we don't have numbers and then everyone shows up last minute you're like okay well thanks for the fucking ulcer yeah the month and a half leading up no it's way better to be to be sold out and be
2: turning people away because yeah. that just sends the message hey better fucking book early. You know? <laughs> yeah My friend uh, used to be a a doorman at the comedy store, and uh, he would always say, before they sat people, they would just make them wait, just make them wait outside, uh, because people driving by... Would see the line up, smart. People love seeing a line. Smart. Yeah, so...
1: That's fucking, brilliant. yeah, and all these things, right? be yeah. outside
2: bitch, why the fuck are we standing out here? <laughs> There's a reason. Because you're advertising for next week, sir. That's yeah, why you're that's,
1: standing outside. That's fucking smart. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I should tell. I, I, I should tell Jason. He's very open to new ideas that work, proven techniques. This episode brought to you by Absolute Comedy, of course.
0: <laughs>
1: I forgot to say that off the top. I'm very good with my partners I may or may not remember to do my part of it Uh, (laughs) but uh no that's wicked man I any like you've like I said I mean I said it off the top you've opened for some of the biggest names in and not just stand-up but entertainment
2: yeah yeah, I've had a very, very blessed uh, time, and some of those, some of the names are names that I leave off because they've actually passed away. Uh, but they were big names at the time. Like I worked a lot with Richard Jenny,
1: dude. One Richard of my Jenny,
2: I worked a lot with, and he's a guy that I learned a lot from, uh, just on how. When you talk about the grace on the stage, that's mainly what I've learned from him. Mm -hmm. Because he would walk up on that stage and and as comics, you know, we deliver everything right center for the most part, right center in the mic Mm stuff. And he was the first person I ever saw use every aspect of the stage. He would come up and First thing he'd do is take his jacket off and he would lay it down on the the corner of the 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 floor there on the stage, and then he'd start doing his set and he'd be on his knees at times. He'd be lying down. You remember the thing about the ref, the the football ref thing? Okay, yeah. he do yeah. It football. He's lying down on the stage. people have to kind of lift up to look at. Like that's a cardinal sin. People are like no, because he didn't care. And then yeah. he would uh, do it from the back corner. He'd just deliver jokes from the back corner of the stage and stuff like that just amazing amazing to watch him work and I said I, I probably worked with him more than anyone else and
1: it's almost like when you're doing that it's almost like no no you keep up with me I'm not I'm oh, not yeah. pan
2: or f- this is what I'm yeah. doing
1: and you're welcome to watch but you keep up with me he I'm not-
2: shows up like it is his his office and I'm taking my time and I'm doing this and then when he would go to uh, get ready to leave he never said he was going to leave he'd just go pick up his jacket and you could feel the energy in the room people would sit up straighter they'd lean forward because they wanted to soak up every last second with him because they knew he was about to leave so it was um, a Amazing to watch that dude work.
1: That's uh, and uh, for anyone. Okay, so I'll, to give a little bit of a context, this is what I think that anyone listening who doesn't know who Richard Jenny is, the thing that you may know him the most for would be uh, Jim Carrey's uh, uh, the co-star in The Mask. Yeah. So he was the the buddy at the bank. That was Richard Jenny, um, but he has he he's got an incredible energy. Um, well had Um, another little piece of, of info for you guys is that Richard Jenny, yes, he passed away, but he is another uh, unfortunate case of uh, uh, he took his own life. So he's another, another guy in our field who, you know, is all smiles, positive energy made a million people smile and laugh, but is holding, holding a lot in on the inside. It takes its toll. You know, you guys get to see the, the juice that's been squeezed out, but (laughs) comics often are the,
2: yeah, it was a weird, weird uh, thing about him because, uh, Like I said, I would always, I worked with him, and then every time he was in town, I'd go see him, just Mm kind of go hang out and stuff and uh, check on him, see what he's doing. So I learned so much from him. Then I, there was a point where I changed my act and I kind of was doing specials and I had a special. And then every time I would walk off stage, if people were standing, my first thought would be to Richard Jenny, Cause mm. my first thought was I learned how to make them stand by performing, by, by working with Richard Jenny. I was in Colorado, I was outside of Colorado, I forgot, Westminster, Colorado. Mm. And uh, it was a weekend, Thursday, two shows, Friday, three shows Saturday, and then a show on Sunday. And I had, five standing ovations in all those shows. And every time I came off stage, I thought about Richard Jenny. And so the last one I came off stage, I was like, oh man, this is props to rich for doing this. And that's the day that he had committed suicide. That's the day I found out that he had committed suicide. Yeah. It was a crazy type of thing. Cause that was like, I was at my peak right then and there. I was like, yeah, boom, I got this and stuff. And so rich was always on my mind. And then I find out, bam, that he committed suicide. I go, that is very weird. Very freaky. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, um, I mean, yeah, we don't have to, to, to talk about it or
1: whatever, because it's, it's out there all the time for anyone who wants to know. But, I mean, you listening to my podcast, I'm always talking about how, like, the back end of the thoughts that lead us to talking mm-hmm. about the shit. And it's like, oh, it's cute. But it's like, that's that's the processed version. That's the the dark fruit that's been juiced and we've taken just like it's like making carrot <laughs> juice there's yeah. a lot of husk and shit that you don't want to get that little bit yeah and it takes a lot of energy to process that shit out yep and you know and everyone just goes oh that's you put it in a bottle and, oh, that's good juice <laughs> and you go yeah you, let me tell you how i fucking got there okay <laughs> i wasn't smiling the whole goddamn yeah. time yeah but uh yeah, it's it's um, he was great. I I, I would strongly recommend. I mean, forget Lamont Ferguson
2: for a fucking yeah, second. Right, don't even worry about that. And forget this happy topic on Thanksgiving Day <laughs> while we're talking about suicide.
1: <laughs> we're grateful for all of his contributions. But Google Google some of Richard Jenny's stuff just just for for context. Wait till the podcast is over, okay? But uh, but I yeah, he had some great bits. He was very like he was he was animated. He had a lot of energy. I love the the bit that he did about how when when you're dating. You know, sometimes people are trying to out crazy the other one, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like a poker game or you're playing oh, war yeah, or whatever yeah, you put, yeah, your, you put your yeah. card down and you're like, I have an imaginary friend named Bosco. And the person's <laughs> like, you know, Bosco, <laughs> like, yeah. just all those goofy things like that. The song and dance. I don't I, it was Yeah. Great. His
2: library was uh, immense. You know, people talk about Louis CK and about, oh, how much time he turns up. It's uh, secondary to a. Uh, to richard jenny it's secondary to richard jenny so
1: yeah no i i remember we only got to see him whenever i don't think i ever got to see any of his specials i mean because i was very young when he was at his peak i think mm-hmm. but uh yeah there was a lot of because he was i mean obviously he was doing crazy they, he was getting into movies right i don't remember
2: how long ago it was that 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 he was gone yeah i don't remember either it was a while ago it's not but he also had uh, i mean because the industry tried the industry kept trying to push him because the dude had such a following in stand-up. You know, Richard Jenny's here, boom, that place is sold out. Uh, you know, and he had the specials, Showtime or whatever it is, the specials, HBO probably as well. Then he had uh, he had a couple of sitcoms that mm. were built around him. One was called Platypus Man mm. and stuff, and but I don't know if they really ever caught on and stuff. But yeah, they they tried. They kept trying. They just couldn't find the right vehicle for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess, and that that takes its toll too. Yeah, because I tell I have to tell new people all the time that when they get into like even even amateurs, that that's an issue. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but but one of the things that's great about you as well, every time you're in town now, obviously, just just a, a part of your character, not so much the stand-up part, is that you've always been again that word again grace. You've always been gracious with your time to other comics like up and comers. Like right. you'll you'll watch their set, you'll give them legitimate feedback. You know I try I mean? to yeah and that's that's a kindness and there's lots of comics who will do that sometimes you know what I mean like someone has to really go out of the way to to bug them and come on can you please oh, watch right, my set yeah. but but the idea that like you when you're at the club you're you're watching the new comics yeah. you know what I mean you offer them notes if they're interested you're you're always gracious with your time if they have questions you've always like that's I don't want to say it's rare but it's certainly not not super common not as common as wow. you as, as some might expect
2: yeah i try i i really do try because i'm i'm still a fan i'm still a fan of the craft of stand-up so i do enjoy like even like last night there was a, a a guest spot on the show and he was a kid he was really young and so he was going up there and he was doing young people perspective thing and i almost told uh, sam feldman is that yes it's sam he was the, the middle act mm-hmm. and he's young as well he's 25 And i was going to pull him aside and say by the way you should probably switch your open and go political first Mm -hmm. and then do stuff but i didn't i didn't know how adept he would be at doing that and stuff and i I didn't want to put that in his head if he wasn't going to do it before he went up so he just went up and his set was fine like he came off and i said hey good job and he goes "Eh." and then (laughs) i told him i said yeah, I was gonna tell you ahead of time to switch that up because it's an older audience and they just saw a young guy. Mm-hmm. And in an older audience's mind, once they see a young guy and then they see another young guy, it becomes all the same to them. Right. Even if his jokes were better than the other guys, they all the same. So if he switched it and did political, it just opens up, they go, okay, there's a different level to this young guy and then he adds his young guy stuff at the end. Right, versus having so,
1: them shut down on him early right. because it just sounds the same
2: and now they've tuned out exactly so yeah so i'm always watching and trying trying to help and uh because i think you kind of need that you uh you you need it i couldn't
1: agree more and and the thing too is in in, at least in the ottawa amateur scene the thing is there's so many comics who going back to the whole you know the the darkness everything like there's a lot of comics who start and they then there's this there's a very supportive seen for the amateurs here yeah. within themselves. It's supportive outside of that too, like right. at the level that I've described of you, like just yeah. was watching and giving legitimate feedback, but the the entry level community is like, it's supportive like a parent is to a child okay. who's yeah. who's just awful at everything. <laughs> right. So the problem is, is that all these people, it's almost like millennials yeah. in the sense that they're just praise, 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 yeah. praise. You're doing great, 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 great. And they really aren't getting any constructive criticism right. they, they're not they're got they're probably getting the negative too but it's so negative that there's yeah. like that's not even a thing they're so supportive of each other so one of the issues that that I see with with comics and things like that because the industry is full of rejection that's what I tell them like that's I know true. that your friends are supportive and I go when I know because they ask you I, I I personally I am not fond of when people ask me for feedback mm-hmm. a Cause I hate myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I have anything worth sharing generally speaking, but I just mean like, it's nice. I'm always like, thanks. But I go just, my opinion doesn't mean anything more than the audience. Okay. That That's your best yeah. gauge. So if, as long as you can be self-aware and listen to them and really let them tell you, and yeah, they're laughing for you, but how hard were they laughing for the person before you? How oh, yeah. hard were they laughing for the person? After? Like gauge, yeah. Yeah. get a control and find out what's the difference and how, how well you're doing. But the thing is, like I said, this, this community is, so it's supportive to a fault where everyone thinks they're amazing because they're constantly told they're amazing. The <laughs> yeah. only other people at a lot of these amateur shows are the other comics we're yeah. supportive. Yeah. So they're all just laughing for each oh, other yeah. and everything. And that's the part that I think is, is kind of at least I can see it over here in, in my little pond is that it's so supportive, but the industry is not no. the industry is far from that. And you got to take a, sh- you have to develop a thick skin because you're going to take rejection after rejection. And if you're not used to it, that's, Kind of what happens, to people. Like I said, Richard Jenny. I would imagine it's not a little bit of rejection, but if you're 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 a killing it stand up, but then you know TV is yeah. like, nope, that didn't work. Oh like, yeah, that didn't work. Nope, that didn't work. It's just yeah. You wonder kind of what it was like. Like now, you worked with him. What was he like off stage?
2: Off stage, he was just a uh, just a dude for the most part. He was just a guy. He 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 loved working on stuff. That's what a lot of times I would spend just kind of being a sounding board for the most part off stage and just kind of listening, or maybe tinkering or if I could, if I had something I thought would be well worthy right. enough of a <laughs> suggestion type of deal and stuff. But yeah, pretty, uh, pretty just laid back pretty carefree type of guy just you know watching the show and stuff like that off stage so well there's been some comics uh that
1: that i've worked with some of them just one time they popped into a guest spot Mm -hmm. or whatever but but you know you see them on tv you see them on stage and the energy is like holy shit it's great it's quirky and everything they come off stage and you feel like they're waking up from anesthesia (laughs) do you know what i mean they're they're
0: just like (laughs) i I don't want
1: to name names but there's a comic in canada who's Goofy, zany off was on TV, everything like that, and then I I saw him. I've worked him twice, and all times I'm like this. I I feel like he's gonna kill himself. Not not super, but just (laughs) the lowest energy, or that he's dying. Mm -hmm. You know, like just what is, dude? Where's your energy? Yeah, you know. And you could be energetic on stage, come off and you'd be a little okay. I get your little drain from that. Yeah, but we're talking like like you ask him something, his eyes are opening slow. I'm like, dude, you
2: drugged up? What the
1: hell? So I know there's some people like that, like their offstage persona.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, uh, because the guy that I, I saw this guy on Comedy Central, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's well-known, I'll say his name, but I'll do a reveal. He's (laughs) well-known here in Canada, and he's one of my favorite comics. He's a really good friend now. So, Jeremy Hotz. So when Hotz, I had a theater show that I do in Carlsbad. I did it like once a month for 15 years. It was a comedy variety show, and I'd write the entire show. It was different. It was like like an SNL uh, with a talk show, but uh, stand-up was the centerpiece of the show. So I would always bring in some big-name guys, as, uh, guys and girls, as the headliners for this show. So it was done in the theater. Uh, the breakdown on the show is that It's a cold open sketch that I'd write. That's how we opened. Then the show intro. Then the host would come out, do a monologue, cross to the desk. Where if I wrote a desk piece, you know, like anything that they do on a Tonight Show or desk piece, then feature comic, uh, then a uh, uh, another sketch, and then a weekend update news type of thing, and then the headliner comes out. So the first time I, I managed to get Jeremy in there. And I'm looking for him because I'm doing everything. I'm working sound and lights in the ticket booth and I'm, I'm going to the back, go backstage theater. I'm like, is Jeremy here? They go, yeah, he's here. He's here. I go, where, where is he? He's in the corner. He's, it's weird. The theater is set up. It's almost like a storage space in the <laughs> corner. He's just standing over there. And I was like, oh, hey, hey, man. How are you? And it's just the fact that He's just shy. It was just how it was. He was just shy, just yeah. away from everybody else in the corner. That was my first meeting and dealing with him. But then after that, uh, he was fine, you know. But it is one of those things for comics where that that persona, yeah, is a little different, and it could be a little bit of shyness that that takes place there. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's yeah.
1: like a different thing on stage. It's not a it's not a, a social interaction, so yeah. they can do that. And then people expect you to be the same off stage. So yeah. my expectations have never been that. But sometimes I see guys who are you know that like like i said i don't want i mean that darkness sounds bad almost like they're dexter running around but (laughs) but the idea that you know when you talk to someone off stage like i there's a comic from ottawa another one lived in los angeles for a long time passed away recently so anyone Mm -hmm. who can figure it out that's that's good for you you may very well know who i'm talking about but he was a guy who was fucking he was goofy and silly on stage a great comic but you talk to him afterwards and he was just negative Uh, he was just and, and and not horribly so Like Mm -hmm. still a nice, he was nice. Not one of those people who's negative at you, but just, he was just a negative dude. And he was the one, (laughs) I'll see if I even sound like him a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But he was, he was telling me one time about how, uh, about how something, there was a story, something was going on with him. He was having some medical stuff and he asked to do a festival the year, you know, they gave him an award one year yeah. in here and then the next year he was like, well, let me do the thing because I'm I'm better now. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, we'll see about me next year. He's like, no, no, the story is you gave me the award last year yeah and now I'm back. Right, yeah. This should be the, and he goes, he goes, you know what? Something Josh, you, uh, <laughs> he goes, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, try not to laugh through it. You know, got to compose yourself when you're doing them, but he goes, uh he goes you only hold your breath when you're underwater right (laughs) he goes goes, you know how you know who your friends are in los angeles they're the ones that stab you in the chest (laughs) like holy shit i i did always appreciate little things like that because i'm like fuck that that would suck but i'm like at least at least i won't be completely taken aback
2: yeah when i see that the
1: industry is that way but But that's the thing right it's like sometimes the guys who seem like the happiest and the quirkiest it's like you you start to get into what's behind all the humor yeah did we talk about did i talk about with this paul i don't really don't remember but i just say how like humor is that's how comedians process bad shit okay we we use comedy as a as a processing method you know some people just can cry yeah we we immediate, we've developed a defense mechanism yeah. and a, and a process. So we just have to make it funny.
2: Yeah, you, pull your, you, you have the ability to pull yourself out of it and then look at it from an overview. And then that helps, because you know that you're still in it, but that helps you be able to, to get through it. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. We don't make fun of things because we don't care. It's just that. Yeah
1: crying about it we've already established well that doesn't fucking do anything <laughs> so how do i make this accessible to my brain to at least be able to process it and we disarm it with humor yeah. right because it's hard to be afraid of something yeah. or you know that, that's that been made light of we're yeah. solving the world today uh, <laughs> i like
2: that what's next what's next know. any other countries
1: any other countries we need to fix <laughs> <laughs> the country of comedy has been solved amnesty um yeah, I I wanted to ask though so because this is something that you know you and I have never really talked about um, is is what got you into comedy. You've been in comedy for a very long time, and yes. I mean that is a good thing. Very Not a, like Oh deep. my God, Jesus oh my Christ! Goodness.
2: It's, when are you what? leaving? It's on, uh... <laughs> when are you leaving comedy? <laughs> you are holding up spots, going through the microfiche <laughs> to find those articles from when you first.
1: No, no. <laughs> but like I said, dude, the 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 accolades, the the achievements, like the accomplishments, are, are insane. They're they're crazy good, but like where did that where did you start in stand-up comedy like what was what were you doing when you decided you know what i think i should should be a comic what was going on uh
2: i'll tell you what it is uh because you asked me and you're here and, and it's only the two of us here uh <laughs> so when i was a little kid um, oldest of uh, four kids my mom stay-at-home mom so in the summers to keep us entertained while we were out of school, she would take us to the library because okay. it's free. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money, so you go to the library and uh, you know get books or whatever it is you want. Somehow, I found my way into the basement of that library, okay. and in the basement of the Pomona Public Library was albums. That's where the music section was—cassettes okay. and albums and stuff like that. And I happened to be flipping through, and I found a five-album set of radio shows from the 40s and 50s. Uh, Jack Benny, Abner Costello, Fred Allen, Jimmy Durrani, all these radio stars that were on there. So I'm like, I I want this, let me check this out. So I'm eight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get that and I take it home and I put it on the record player and I just listen to it. And I am listening to it over and over again and memorizing it and just being fascinated by the science Mm -hmm. of comedy. What makes them laugh, the timing, What there's a pause here, there's this there. Everything was just very, very fascinating to me. And it was from that moment that I was just obsessed with comedy in general. But I I didn't know that being a stand-up was a thing. Like, I didn't know that. I knew... I knew at eight that I would be involved in entertainment and having to be funny, but I didn't know what that would be. I always thought it would be like, uh, the only thing I had, I go, well, maybe like, a like Johnny Carson, like the, the, the hosting the show that where he can just be funny, that that type of deal. I didn't know anything else. Then later on, when I got into high school, uh, just, I was playing a musician. So I played trumpet with this group and, uh, the, the directors of that group said, Hey, we thought that you probably could be a good stand-up comic. And that's all it took was them who were in show business to say, we think you could do this. Because my whole thought was, I can't. Yeah. I can be reactionary funny. I can't be funny from within and just be the, the initiator of yeah. fun. And so then I that was it. I decided to write out stuff, went and figured out what the, the process was for the comedy store, and then started going in. I was like 17 and a half or something like that. Holy shit. And that was it. so. That's amazing, and I guess was it easier
1: to get in back then than it would be
2: now? Well, uh, there were drawbacks on it. You could get it. Mean, it's probably easier now because more young people are trying to do stand up, and mm. so now it's not an anomaly. So, like when I was doing it, there weren't that many kids that were doing stand up. The the kids who were prior to me, one was uh, Byron Allen. Okay. Oh, that's the, my phone. I must have said something, something that the phone is now picked up, and now it's just <laughs> taking all the stuff, and it'll be looking for it. Uh, Byron Allen was one, and uh, 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 Mike Binder was another one okay. who had started as kids. Mike Binder went on to be a director and stuff, uh, but that was it. So you could go up first or second. You go up first or second. Uh, you go in, just you, you know, everyone else signed up, but you go up first or second, do your set, and then leave the room because you couldn't be in the room. So the drawback is why is that? The drinking? Or? Drinking, yes. Okay. So the drawback is, I never got to see stand up performed. I could only see it on TV. I couldn't see it live because I couldn't be in the room. So you, that's how you learn is from watching, and I, I couldn't learn from watching i'd have to go in do my set see how it went and then leave the room yeah and you're not yeah. two years away from it at 17 you're four no, years you're away right. from yeah that's a lo- that's away. a
1: fucking lifetime in stand-up. yeah
2: so what happened was uh, the comedy store was around you had to be 21 to get in at that point in time so i'd have been standing outside forever waiting to go up the improv then opened a year after i was there and the improv you only had to be 18 so by that time i was 18 and i could stay in the room and watch stand up being done by there was a point where i didn't go to the comedy store for like a year and the comedy store people forgot how old i was and so when i went back to the comedy store they just assumed that i had to be of age because i was in at the club over there at the improv not not realizing that there's two different age levels and then i could get in so i got in two years early uh, at the comedy store to be able to learn and see what was going on because otherwise you're just lost yeah, you know? yeah,
1: what was what was like your climb like in terms of how long? But you know, when you were doing open mics, guest spots, to now you're one of the
2: paid guys. You're you're, uh, you're
1: getting paid for stand up.
2: It was. Uh I, I don't know. I didn't really kind of uh, bear down and kind of do it. It was, you know, I was going to school at the time. Okay. I was also going to to college. I was going to San Diego State at the, the same time. So I would try to, get, you know, do the spots regularly. And then there was a point where I was like, well, let me see how far I can get with this and just actually physically do it. So from that point, then it wasn't long. But uh, in the beginning, you know, it didn't take that long for me to be able to get spots, maybe two or two and a half, three years. Once I, once I got to the improv and was just doing the improv for that year and being able to see everybody come through, being able to see Seinfeld and Rich Scheidner and all these guys come through and Paula Poundstone and people come through and watch them. Then that helped my development. And, uh, but nothing helped my development more than actually going on the road. The first time I went on the road was a, uh, was a three week thing. There was there was a club called Laughs Unlimited and he had three rooms. And so I got in to open at each room. So nice. it's a week and a full week club. And then I came back to the comedy store and then was going up on stage and the veteran comics were there. They're like, what, what happened to this dude? Yeah, what, yeah. How did this happen? And, and I'm like, I was working. I actually was working, you know? And so that would help the development. But yeah, it was a fun time climbing up the ranks. The, Cause the way I look at things is this is the way I am, I'm a little competitive. Whoever the number one person is, that's who I'm shooting for, I right. gotta be that person. I gotta get to this, as, as close as I can get to that person. Uh, the weird thing about it is that when I would get to that person and I'd pass that person, it'd make me angry at them because I'm like, why'd you stop working? I should have hmm. never technically been able to catch you. Right. And so that's what drives me. That's what keeps me going is because when I see people, I don't I don't want to ever be that guy. I don't want to ever be the guy cuz look, when we started out, we saw people that were, man, that guy's so funny or that girl's so funny, they're hilarious. And then as you got better, you started seeing how they weren't as funny. Mm-hmm. And I never want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that people go, "Man, that guy was funny when I started, but not, ne- not anymore." I'm like, yeah. I can't be that. I can't be that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I understand. It's it's strange too, and that's that's one of the weird things about comedy being subjective too is that like you you still are you know like yeah like you said there's some guys it's like that's funny your your own personal taste it's strange like I remember one of the first weeks that I got to do like a full weekend maybe middling or whatever <laughs> years ago but one of my fa- I can't even say it because I don't I don't want that negative feedback <laughs> going but it was one of my favorite dudes still is one of my favorite dudes personality like zany goofy silly one of my favorite guys to watch just because he's got little little tags and little throwaway things that you're like you would never in a million years think to put that in a joke okay. And then just, you know, he'll say something and then just, oh, yeah, blah, 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 Like a little, where did you get that from? That's yeah. funnier than the fucking joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and just to, uh, yeah. But anyways, I was so excited to be middling for this guy all week. And people... I guess this would be considered a humble brag, but I didn't like it at the time. I'm not, wasn't. I still think these people were wrong, but people were coming up to me consistently after every single show saying, "Oh, you were, you were way funnier oh, than right. the, the yeah. headliner. Like you, you should have been." I go, well, "No, no, no, no. He's one of the best. What's wrong with you? That fucking guy is hysterical." Yeah. So that's that's a weird thing, and I still do not for a second think that I did a better job than right. me that week. I, you know, maybe some people just don't like zany, goofy, and silly, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, like you said, you're almost like. I, I was like no you're just wrong to the people but obviously for yourself like you're you're a hard working guy work ethic strong like still I mean I I have totally I have no notebook that I write in anymore you've got <laughs> still before you go on you know you've got your notes you're always adding to things
2: yep. yeah Dude, you're yeah, it's my fear. It's a, it's a big fear. It's the fear that drives me. I don't, you know. I love this club. I love Jason, and like, and, and very grateful for the opportunity to come through here. Jason's a piece uh, of shit. <laughs> for the record, Jason's a piece of shit. Uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing about it is that I live in fear of any club that I work at where a person's going to tell me how about we just do a year and a half on the rotation next time? Or how about yeah. we just do two years? Cause I know owners have to do that. They have to have that talk with comics because they don't work on their act. Mm-hmm. They may be funny. They did great. They're fantastic. But once people start saying, yeah, I, I, it's the same thing. I keep seeing this guy and it's the same thing. He's funny, but it's the same act that we keep seeing yeah. over and, and over. And you try to build right. that return
1: clientele. Yeah, now, like We, we want to come back for him. Yeah. But if it's gonna be the same thing, then yeah. we, can, we can maybe so wait that's, a couple yeah. years. So now. that's
2: what drives me. drives me is that every time I come through here, and this was even more difficult this time because I started here uh, on this tour, is that by the time I get here that I always have 20 to 25 new minutes. So it was interesting, uh, was a, a bit of a task for me to go, okay, well then I gotta start. Here and put in twenty to twenty-five new minutes and stuff. So it was; it all worked out, but it was fine. Well, at
1: least it wasn't the middle of winter.
2: Usually, <laughs> that, when you comment, fucking yeah.
1: negative, whatever the hell. <laughs> it's I negative, stop. I s- negative. <laughs> it's twenty degrees below absolute zero. Um, it's a Futurama it's joke like
2: there. They're now using Kelvin. What? We, we switched
1: to ke- yeah. We had to switch Kelvin, dude. I don't even look at the the weather in the middle of winter. I just know I'm going to be miserable. Just put on the, all the stuff I have and yeah. just go outside and still be cold. So just
2: suck it up. It's the length of time that I could not do. I just you know, in in California, it it, it will get cold, but it won't be long. And that's the thing about it. I'm like I don't know how how,
1: do how it. cold now. Obviously, are you are you good with the conversion?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty decent with the conversion. Okay. Well, here's me the, the thing about it. I'm going to go, yeah. Here's the thing about it. It's it's all relative because I've had I've had Canadian friends come out and, ah, it's not going to be cold. Oh, it's going to be cold. And they come out there and we go, yeah, it's cold. And then they <laughs> come out and they're like, yeah, this is cold. I don't understand what's going on. I go, yeah, it gets cold here. It's not the same type of cold, but we have an ocean right by us. And so when so that's it's cold, like that damp- it is a damp, bone-chilling type of cold. Mm. Uh, although you don't feel the dampness, but it is cold. You know, like yeah. in the place I live, uh, overnights, it'll get minus two. Uh, out really? There. Yeah. Celsius. It, yeah, minus two Celsius. It'll get to, to that. Uh, I used to live out in San Diego in El Cajon. Yeah, it would get that. Uh, regularly at night in the winter it okay just, you know, but cold. not october no okay because no. i'm trying to no. think of what no you're probably looking month. at uh like the coldest on a day maybe 11 oh, 12 something like that utopia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can't wait yeah
1: i'm trying to think do i need do you think i need to pack
2: a jacket a light jacket when you're going you're going not in that i'm going i'm going in like 12 days oh no. you're still Actually, gonna fucking be not. here I know, i'll still be here oh my god i didn't even do the <laughs> goddamn we're not gonna get to hang out no that sucks i'll still be here uh yeah i'll you watch You'll need light that jacket. disgusting food pile that you showed oh, me. oh man you gotta get you gotta get to the claim jumper <laughs> it's gotta, still
1: saved on my phone all right
2: you got to get to all these places well let's let's jump into that okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was asking we covered everything we got suicide we covered careers and starts now actually, let's talk food. we're going back to suicide as a matter of fact oh, okay. now what talking the about world. the food
1: suicide <laughs> 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 right you died doing what you love that's um, right i uh we were chatting in the green room one of the nights about like all the things i'm trying because like like i said before i've watched all that. St- oh, we get the american food advertisements here that are just oh yeah Oh, unbelievable. The stuff like Sonic and TGI Fridays and Hardee's. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Basically, it's like, how big can your erection get when you got Kate Upton <laughs> scarfing down a double, which you know yeah. she doesn't fucking eat? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, do you like titties and giant burgers? <laughs> yeah, you sure yeah. do. I'm an American. You show uh, up. <laughs> so I'm just watching that and I'm going, my brain understands and accepts all of this. <laughs> But there's just there's so many different places like the what is it? Fudruckers? Is that the name Fuddrucker, of
2: the place? Yo, man, I haven't been to Fudruckers. That's why that's why you mentioned that. I've not been to Ruckers in years. Is it good? It's good. Yeah? It is good. Cuz yeah. they have like I see even in the movies they like
1: they have that movie uh waiting. Yeah. And their place is called Shenanigans and it's my understanding that it's supposed to be like a okay. Fuddruckers okay. sort of I could be wrong. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but uh yeah, Burger is a good place. I haven't been there in, in, in quite a bit where you kind of make your burger as you go along there. and
1: Oh, yeah? It's a nice place, yeah. Okay, so it's just a bur- kind of a burger. It's
2: a Yeah, American eatery type of deal, which may- mainly it's burgers. That's what they're kind of known for. Okay. Yeah. I'm
1: excited for, uh, as I was telling you, I was excited for the, the, the tacos and the authentic Mexican or whatever. Yeah. Like,
2: I cannot, I'm going to gain weight. I'm trying to lose weight before <laughs> I go. I'm not even trying hard. Yeah, go to, it's hard even to, uh, List one of the place because like I told you, there's they're just a bunch of shops and stands that are around and most of them are, you know, they're all the same. They're they're good food and stuff like that. So is there anything to avoid like they're not good and it's going to look like the shit that is good? I mean, I guess it exists everywhere. Yeah, not really sure. But the like, Mexican food, you're pretty safe. I've heard the pizza's anyplace. not particularly great there. Like, that for some reason, they don't know how to... No, because it's all the chains that goes on there. Like, if you'll go to a place that's not a chain, maybe you'll get a decent... Like, in my... Uh, this is funny. In my neighborhood in Long Beach, there's a just a standalone place called Canadian Pizza as a matter of really? fact it, yeah that's a, that has the best pizza really yeah i didn't think yeah. we were particularly good. I, thought, I don't know like, why it's called canadian pizza new york I have chicago no idea but wow. it's called canadian pizza and it's good run by mexicans <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's what that's why the that's why we have no mexicans in canada they're all all of the canadian mexicans are in california selling pizza our national dish uh yeah. which it is not
2: <laughs> but yeah that's yeah so but the pizza's decent uh but yeah that's uh the, the the Mexican food stuff even some of the chains not Taco Bell but like a place uh, if you can find it they're called Holy Moly okay which is uh, really good too and and can you beat Taco Tuesday for crying out what loud what is the fucking
1: Taco I've heard Taco that.
2: Tuesday is a, a Holy Moly and in a lot of other places tacos are a dollar go fucking study. for <laughs> real yeah on Tuesday, they're a dollar. Oh, so dude, how I am think I they went get up to out a, at a night. I'm they went up, so up to a dollar nineteen at uh, Holy Moly! But they, they got everything. They got carne asada. They got uh, fish tacos. They got uh, what are they your poy, like a uh, close to two bucks or something like that? Oh, okay. So they're only really they, knocking. They, a yeah, buck they're off. just not dude.
1: There's all me. these little hole in the wall places that I've been going to lately where they're like six, seven dollars for you know pig's head and fish right, tacos yeah, yeah. because it's it's more real, right? But fuck that. If I can get two dollar tacos. Dude, tacos it. are a buck 50 at taco bell here yeah, you know, yeah. they're hey they're still yeah. half decent but they 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 suck yeah. yeah you know it's just that's that's you want a dollar taco you're going to taco bell <laughs>
2: if i can go there and
1: get the real soft shelled fucking exactly with real oh yeah. make yourself
2: a corn uh maybe that's corn tortilla and fill that thing up you know little uh, uh carnitas was this pork and then a little onion and cilantro in there. I don't there. think I'm coming Boom. back. I don't think I'm
1: coming back. I'm gonna be one of those guys like your neighborhood that just just ringing the bell, selling whatever it is. That well, that's would be right. magical. Yeah, you don't
2: even have to go anywhere. You just you know, kind of just stand out in the street. The guy will come to you. The guy will come to you and sell sell you tamales for Granola. Oh my
1: God, I, I, it sounds. It sounds. I'm so glad I don't live there because I, I will be dead. But I think I'm going to do like a seven eight day suicide chronicle of just every day death yeah. by boom boom boom. I think that's yeah. all I have to do. Every day I'm going to have to get on the scale, go eat somewhere, get on the scale at the end of the day, and then the next morning here's how much didn't come out the back end.
2: So, oh. uh, I got to yeah. do In and Out Burger. In and Out's good. Yeah, so love In N Out. Fries are good, except that I've always joked about the In-N-Out f- shelf life. On the 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 shelf life for In-N-Out fries is the length of the drive-through. <laughs> it's pretty much really. Harder. It's one of those things where the fries that come out they're hot and they're great, but by the time you get home, they're not. And uh, right. it's almost a thing where you almost have to eat them right then and there because it's the length of the drive. But even through, McDonald's, they're fucking done before you get home. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, In-N-Out's good. Uh, what else I told Tommy T's cause they've got the, that's the home of the chili burger and okay. chili cheese fries. I'm going to have to start writing these
1: down. <laughs> I'm going to have to actually meal plan. the no, way. <laughs> it's going to be a meal plan of eating out. Basically I'll yeah. be people who have meal plans to be safe and healthy.
2: I, yeah. Uh, Lucille's. That's another place. I don't What's think that? you guys have here. Barbecue. <sighs> Lucille's Barbecue. Jesus Christ! Uh, and then what was it? The main thing was uh, Roscoe's. Roscoe's chicken, and chicken waffles. Okay, chicken yeah. Waffles. So Roscoe's, I've heard referenced a thousand
1: times. Yeah. You I know it's Roscoe's. a choice, and it's good. Yeah. Okay, chicken and waffles. I got to do. Okay, so this is the one that you talked about that got me the most excited. Saved on the phone is uh, Maine something or other. What oh, was it called? claim jumper. Claim, claim jumper. jumper. Okay, claim, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's you. They bring you like a surfboard of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I don't even know what to fucking get because I want to show everyone how ridiculous all the things I haven't, are.
2: I haven't been like I, I uh, went there for my birthday a couple of years ago. It's one of those things where you go, Hey, we should go to claim to be like, yeah, I'm not hungry enough to go. I just, I'm not hungry enough to go. to claim. It's an intimidating thing. Like, really? I can't go. Yeah. yeah. Do you almost feel challenged. And by the place food? is like, always not full. The it is always packed full. I'm like, how are there this many people this hungry? It's impossible oh, for them to I, be this hungry.
1: It almost is like one of those food challenges. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, Where are just like, kind of like you're going to, I no bitch. <laughs> you know, bitch. What I mean, I stopped being hungry 45 minutes ago. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah and it's funny i've only in the like the last year or so started to associate like i'm like well i don't want to waste this food i'm like i don't want to lose a day off my life do you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean yeah. i can just let it end here and be and be good with it. Yep. so but it's almost just one of those for me it's like the novelty of seeing that much fucking food it's like that's twenty dollars that's crazy. twenty dollars yeah it's crazy unbelievable would you recommend anything there
2: if i'm gonna go like, i don't, don't get, know i don't know what i've had like it's been a while since i've been there and had anything but uh for the most part, everything looks good. I can't even recall what it is that I would have had there. But do you think I should do a like ludicrous breath? But you do or? have to do, the, or at least take a picture. Because it, it's it's in the case when you walk in. And when you walk in and see this mother load chocolate cake, which, is, no exaggeration, it is it is a good 18 inches. Across? It, 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 yeah. And uh, you're like, that is, the, yeah, that's the serving. That's the that's <laughs> a serving? The serving of the cake. And you're like, this is absolutely... What do, you, what do you think they charge for that? Uh, it's not, it, you look at it and you go, hey, that would be a cake. But no, it's a regular type of, I don't know, seven bucks. It's a so regular serve type you of a cake for $7? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like, so let's say the cake was like this high and they cut out a wedge, but the cake is this high. All right, so, oh, you know, I
1: see. It's 18 inches across and the right, cake so, is so. So fucking... then they
2: take it, so they take that wedge of cake out
1: and lay that down and that's your piece of cake. Yeah, so just so you guys know, he was basically holding up 10 inches off the table. So it's a 10-inch high cake that's 18 inches across. It's basically they took a tire off of a Jeep. Is <laughs> it's insane. A cake I've never that. ordered it.
2: Because you look at it and you go, I don't know how anybody could order it. Like, unless you just went in for that. Because there's no way at the end of eating the meal, which, no, I've never finished it. You're always taking stuff home. Uh, oh, I'm that like, is a bonus. You could take it yeah, home. I'm like, why would you get this cake? <laughs> Who is going to eat this cake? The whole yeah. family. The mother load. Mother load. I'll take a slice of that cake. We have
1: a birthday coming up next week. We need to serve everybody.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, well, that's...
1: I'm going <laughs> to have to... See, that's almost like... I'm an asshole. In the back of my head, I'm almost like, I want to go there. I want to have a meal. And I want to be who who orders the cake afterwards? <laughs> this motherfucker. And I'll message you with it. Then I'll message you three hours later with like a face full of regret. I haven't left the just, bathroom. It'll, just be a,
2: it'll be a casket. And they go, by the way, here's his cake. Yeah. <laughs> just for putting that down with him. He to, wanted, to take, he wanted him.
1: to take it yeah, with him. Yeah. We tried to warn him. <laughs> uh, there's the, the, the thing that that made me think of was, uh, you know, in, in Vegas, the, the heart attack grill. Oh yeah. I've only ever visited their website because I'm like, you can't let me go anywhere <laughs> near that place. <laughs> have I,
2: I have eaten there. Uh, but I did. I just had a normal thing because they've got a regular menu, yeah. so I just had like the breakfast, which was normal. Because that idea of that scares me. <laughs> just the name scares right? me. And then I don't know if it's folklore, but you know the people who actually have had heart attacks from eating there have they? I'm, oh yeah, there was a like a, they put a their big picture rash on the wall or yeah. something. And I was like, yeah, I can't. I, this isn't too intimidating. <laughs> I want to get
1: everybody the URL for it because this is something that that they definitely they definitely need to see. This is. This is not, oh, there's, there's all, oh, all my messages are going to come in on the iPad. Now that's all we're going to be recording. Get away from me. Heart attack grill.
2: I, uh, I remember really I, I, looking I, at it when we were in, I put a joke about that once. Cause there were people that had heart attacks at heart attack grill. Well, let's put it this and way. I, I just it, typed
1: in heart attack and grill was the
2: third thing that came <laughs> up.
1: Not, not preventions <laughs> care. <laughs> grill. Sorry. You're saying, uh,
2: it's something how it was located right next to the we've been expecting you mortuary. Really? <laughs> oh,
1: my God. That's funny. Yeah. So it's heartattackgrill.com. You guys need to to see this. I guess now the main page has a uh, <laughs> has a video because they figured people weren't reading the kind of people go there. <laughs> we'll make the reporting easy for you. The Heart Attack Grill is a hospital-themed restaurant in downtown Las Vegas. They used to have the fucking pictures, and it was like, it was like the funniest pictures of nurses oh, yeah, like riding yeah. cigarettes, like old old pinup art, yeah. kind of thing. But it's like they're like nurses wrapped in bacon with a fucking <laughs> toothpick <laughs> through them and shit. Like you guys, I won't I won't spend too much time. On it. You have to go to this this website because the nerd the the servers are dressed like nurses there yeah. at the heart attack grill. They have. Burgers that are. I'm looking at a picture right now. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, eight patties. We've already on this counted fucking too anything. Yeah. You've already, yeah. This that's, thing is, that's, that's, that's a foot tall. Easy, eh? Yeah. That's, oh my God. So I, yeah, I, I can't go anywhere near that place because I i will definitely go <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> you eat the burger, don't pay for it. You go, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> and I just lost a week off my fucking life. <laughs> Fuck. But oh, yeah, man. I, I, so yeah, I think Claim Jumper is probably the yeah. the most I'll push it, and then yeah. the rest of it will just be like I yeah. ate a meal at T G I F. But I yeah, I'm gonna have to bug you for that list. So we got what Molly's, uh, uh,
2: Lucille's. Lucille's, Lucille's is the barbecue place.
1: Lucille's. We're gonna do Claim Jumper. Claim Jumper. I gotta do uh, what was the taco place? It sounded like Molly's or something close to Molly's Taco Tuesday. They oh, oh uh, holy moly, holy moly. Okay, holy sorry, moly. that's the one. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah, I I'm yeah. I'm gonna have too much fun. So. Um, Mike and I have decided that we are doing the first half of the day, like civilized human beings. And I'm probably going to be like the first half of the day ending at noon. Um, (laughs) But we're going to do like, you know, make eggs and shit at the condo bottles of water, granola bars. And then I'm going to do my fat fuckery Uh, in the (laughs) afternoon. I'll have one meal. And again, I meal like a human being. Yeah. And then at night, we're just going to drink and go to comedy clubs and, and uh, you know, have fun and be comics
2: so I'm, I'm seeing I'm, if there is a uh, Rubio's in ooh, Los Angeles. What's that? There is.
1: <laughs> Mike's going to get pissed because he's like, this is supposed to be a comedy trip, <laughs> not a fucking chub crawl. <laughs> is that right? Is that...
2: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I've coined that term, listeners, by the oh, way.
2: Rubio's is a... Uh, It's a Baja type of, um, Baja Mexico uh, eatery thing. So they've got uh, like fresh type of things. So it's mainly known for fish tacos is what it is. But they've got other things that are there. It's a place that started in San Diego. Uh, But yeah, they've now moved all over. So now there's a place in LA. Because I I remember saying, hey, if you get down to San Diego. But now they got it in LA. So also check out Rubio's. Rubio's, get yourself some fish tacos. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to write this (laughs) out. Once I get to seven, I'm like, I got to stop
1: Cause that's what we got. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard that term before. You're in Canada a lot. You know when the people talk about a pub crawl, we go from one pub to the other. Well, I've, mm-hmm. I've basically when I when I go from one food, uh, I think burr and somebody else they call it a bang bang or something like that when they just Hmm. go eat at a place and then they go directly to another place and eat again i have another fucking meal they call it a big bang bang i call it a chub crawl that's what it is you're gonna be a fat fuck and just go eat after place after place that's funny so (laughs) i'm trying not to turn this trip into that but i have a feeling like i'm gonna just fall in love with all of the food and the dude even the prices i feel like you know you can go somewhere and. And, and have a circus of food served to you and go, this makes no sense. This is insane. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then they give you your bill and you're like, this is half the price. Yeah. Of
2: yeah. Yeah. There's, they're not uh, uh, exorbitantly priced in the places there. So Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So even even like the level of shame I feel is like, dude, you're that excited for food? <laughs> <laughs> food is a survival thing, not a fucking pastime yeah, or a really. source
2: of it. <laughs> Like it's an amusement park. Yeah, like I don't get excited
1: to go breathe different kinds of air all day <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm like, uh, food. oh, <laughs> for fuck's sake,
2: <laughs> man. So, are you excited for uh, for the next few weeks? I am looking forward to it. Um, Kingston's, a, a, you know, it's a little different. It's not a big city. And so I always found that coming the backwards, because I'll be in Toronto and I've written this material, I'm like, all right, let's go. And then I go to Kingston and they're like, yeah, we don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, like so. So it, it, it takes a little bit of adjustment, but, you know, I'm ready for it. So we we'll to a good that. And then, uh, then we'll fire up the other stuff when we get to Toronto and see. It also will be interesting because... When I first started coming out here and doing this thing, uh, and I'd never been to Toronto. So when Jason had the club in Toronto and I'm doing here, and then i finish up in Toronto, I hated Toronto. I couldn't stand the city. I couldn't. I was like, I get it. I was like, uh, I get what everybody in Canada hates about Toronto. I mm. get it. And uh, it was just a different energy. Like all I'd had to do was set foot in toronto and i was like this feels different than any other place in canada yeah and different vibe but when we flipped it and i started working in toronto first for five years then i got it and i was like now i love it i absolutely love to toronto yeah why do you think that is uh because coming off of here going into uh into toronto Everywhere in Canada, for the most part, is the same. They're appreciative, they're enthusiastic, they're happy that you're there, and that type of deal. And Toronto had this type of show me, prove me attitude. Right. Is this worth our time to come out here? I'm like, but you're still Canada. How, how do you have this attitude about you that you're still Canada? But now that I understand that, and now that I know how to deal with that, it makes me enjoy it much more. Because uh, when I go into Toronto, I know that they're going to have this attitude but then it's almost like you grab them and shake them and go still toronto you're still canada and they go yeah we're still can-. and then then they're fine then yeah. everything is fine it's almost that, like so. toronto is like the
1: decontamination chamber it's like you're in the states and you're covered in it all and then you're in toronto and you're like you're just sort of kind of getting it off yeah. and you're like all right now yeah. i'm ready for the rest of yeah. canada <laughs> at the yeah. end you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah yeah so now i love it absolutely love it and uh you know when it is one of those things where because i you know i've gotten a couple of standing ovations in that room and i'm like yeah that was that was something that was earned yeah know, for them they they're they don't not, give it they're away. not they're not standing up for everybody that comes uh-huh. through here they, they really have to to earn and impress them so i'm like all right cool
1: i i have a uh as i was growing up you know i i did a lot of uh, a lot i did some more than the average theater stuff when i was mm-hmm. younger and, you know, you get you get accustomed. It was funny because, like, standing ovations meant something in theater. Um, and then it got to a point where, like, everyone was just standing up automatically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything now. Standing ovation. Like, I, I, people would just all the time. And I, I just remember thinking, like, I would sit there. I would have a room full of people standing around me. I would still sit in my chair. And I would applaud very hard. Great performance. Yeah, yeah. But did it move me? Was right. I was i really that impressed like is this something that's going to stay with me Mm -hmm. to the point where i stand and no because then what is what what do you do how do you make an actor feel different when they get it every time yeah do you know what i mean what do you reflect on differently so but i I have given standing ovations in in stand-up comedy clubs so it it means something you know what i mean to actually get that and it's we don't
2: see it very often at absolute so no no uh yeah and I, i i just in general you don't see it in comedy clubs because it's just a weird thing one there's a the spacing type of issue but yeah to get a yeah, table in the front desk, of you yeah to yeah. actually stand is uh crazy so it's always always appreciated when they stand uh, Orny adams would say that uh, he comes as he goes I love it when they stand. I always appreciate it when they stand. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Means hey, means something. Make a little extra effort. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I I hate when you you know at the beginning of the show or after the show you're like, all right, guys, round of applause, and you just come up on stage. They're just sitting there staring. I'm like, hey, fucking clap! <laughs> I, I'll tell them right now. I'm like, okay, great. That's a little bit of effort on your part. Yeah. I'll be sure to work extra hard for you yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. That's my point, guys. Nobody ever claps when I get on stage. Uh, it's <laughs> something I'm working through. I'm one step closer to killing myself. That's all it is. My food. Buy food. <laughs> Death, bad chocolate. Give me a slice of that tire cake. <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah, man. I, I I still... I like going to Toronto. I like leaving Toronto. <laughs> but I, I still have said that there's that arrogance. Dude, have you seen the T-shirts that people are wearing now? No. Dude, I'll, here, I'll give it to you early and hopefully you'll have some, oh, get them, get them. <laughs> I, I only ever think of it when I'm sitting, standing on the crowd and I see someone wearing it or I see it that day is there's a t-shirt. I have seen several of them. I've seen people wearing them here in Ottawa. Uh, it says Toronto versus everywhere else. Wow. that's And that's a thing that people, and I'm like, wow. the arrogance, yeah. eh? Like, oh, there's a good super canadian. <laughs> arrogance, eh? <laughs> Holy fucking arrogance, bud. Uh <laughs> I just I liked whoever was that yeah and let's put it out there I'm like that's wow. why everybody hates you and now hey maybe now you're just owning it you go, yeah well that's what it is it's us yeah. versus everybody yeah all right pricks anyway <laughs> 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 but that's I guess it's just it's just like comedy it's a very short way of summing up the way yeah it's been but it's almost like you know we didn't have to be against you it's not that it's you know yeah it really feels like it's not like everywhere else versus toronto it's Jets yeah, toronto yeah. versus yeah. you guys are the aggressors mm-hmm. why don't you just accept the fact that we don't all fucking live <laughs> goddamn concrete jungle with it just attitude.
2: continues to go upward <laughs> Yep,
1: yep that's yeah. it's and the whole area i mean you're there every year so you know dude how fucking long did it take to finish that building at the corner thank god it's finally
2: done bro like, I didn't, like well, seven it, years was a it whole hadn't been route. done when i was there last which was may of, to, of oh, 2017. Really? The so one I'll, with the LCBO at the end? It should right, be. yeah. So I'm, oh, no, the, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah that yeah, one yeah. is done. Okay. That I one thought you like meant the seven one, years. I thought you meant the one on the corner where the TD Bank oh, used God, to be. Oh, God, no, it's still, still not. Oh, okay. Finished. No,
1: I was there this <laughs> month. I was there, I this so month. Much I was there <laughs> last month. Nope, not even <laughs> fucking close. <sighs> not even fucking close. But the one at the corner from the condo, right, that was like a hole in the ground for like five years. yeah then finally, it's like, oh look, they're building a, and then it's done. I
2: was yeah. like, how did the whole take yeah. five
1: years? And then the rest of it was like. I always say,
2: months. if you really want to construction, we need to get the people that put casinos up in Vegas because it takes no time for them yeah. to put a casino up. So yeah,
1: there's all yeah, man. It's it's uh, it's crazy. But that whole area apparently has got something like a hundred thousand new condos Jeez. going up in the next few years. So it's it's super highly developed. Wow. I don't know. I I I I like Toronto. Once you get indoors. Wherever you are inside, people start, they're just human beings again. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. But it's yeah. that it's that populous ant farm kind of yeah. that people are that not. Was they the don't energy. hold doors, they don't that, they're not yeah. courteous.
2: Exactly. That was the energy I felt. And I was like, I stood on the street, I first got there, take, you know, whatever the train or whatever it is in the city. And I was like, yeah, I don't like this at all. And that was the energy. The energy was that type of just hustle and bustle, go, go, go. And no eye contact. See, that's the difference that I've noticed between Canadians and Americans. Americans don't really make a lot of eye contact; they mm-hmm. just go. Canadians always made eye, contact, except when I got to Toronto. Yeah. There was no eye contact. It was head down, just keep on moving. And that's why I was like, "This it's is like weird. zero connection yeah. at all." Like yeah. even,
1: even even like you make eye contact with someone for a couple of seconds, a little nod. Just just yeah. you just keep the positive energy flowing. It's like badminton or hacky sack of positive energy. Let's just yeah. keep it up for a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. In Toronto, like just fucking let it fall. <laughs> Let it fall Get the fuck out of here with your happiness,
2: right? And you're just kind of
1: yeah. like it doesn't doesn't just you walk by, you knock it up, and we keep going. We yeah. just keep this positive yeah. going. All sorts of YouTube videos and, and Facebook mm-hmm. posts, people sharing these happy little look at how one little yeah sp- stone in a pond. Who knows how far the rings will go, right? And yeah, everything's great. And you're like yeah, unless you're in Toronto, yeah. In which case, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I just I've never even just little things like every time I try to explain to Toronto like people from Toronto what it's like. I don't do it on stage, of course. Like, All right, let me tell you what I hate about you guys. <laughs> and another thing. I do. Yeah, you walk they, back in the room. And see, another th- thing. And another thing. <laughs> when I'm hosting, every time I come back up, and say, and another thing. <laughs> From Ottawa, your host. Boo. <laughs> Fuck you, too. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Anyway. <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah. I I just, the, the, the level, the small courtesy things. Every time I talk to somebody about it. You know, when I tell them like, you know, like people aren't even friendly on the street, they look at me weird. I'm like, I don't mean that I'm I'm trying to be that chatty person in a return line who just right. wants to talk to you. Yeah. I'm just saying like I I open the door and you push it, you know, when I when you walk through, push it a little bit behind just to see if you can keep it open for me for a sec. Let's all yep. just throw a hand up to keep it open. Yeah. But I'm like, people you open the door for them, they drop the next door in your face. Yeah, you're like yep. didn't I just set a decent press? It doesn't cost you anything. Check your bank account. Look, the same I it's free. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, whatever. I'm never going to change Toronto. They're the best city in the world. And, uh, <laughs> dude, one of, you, know what's, you. you know what's crazy? I, at least I find it crazy. You've been all over Canada. You know what it's like is I find New York City to be more courteous than fucking Toronto.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I mean, yeah. not by a landslide. Right, yeah. But I've been to New York a handful of times and I've been to Toronto a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I was treated better every time I was in, in New York yeah. than I was in Toronto. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking sad. Yeah. You know, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you internationally when people who live in Toronto travel the world, they're more than happy to take credit for how great and polite Canadians (laughs) are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they're the ones bringing the
2: average (laughs) down. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Don't ever come to my house. Um, (laughs) You're taking a lot of credit for leaving so many men on base. I'm going to tell you that right
1: now. So, dude, like... I have to and i we're already over the hour mark. so yeah. I don't want to I don't want to keep you handcuffed to this yeah. this podcast, but I'm having fun. um how How long into your career before you started coming up? because we we talked about off the top that you you're here a lot of the time and you appreciate yeah. how how far into your career what what brought you up to Canada for the first time?
2: uh what was it there was a guy i was doing some shows and there was a guy named jack marion i don't even know if he's still doing stand-up or still alive i don't know he was a guy kind of well known in the states at the time because he was super dirty okay he was a very dirty comic but he, when i worked with him and watched it he wasn't really dirty it was just maybe edgy mm. and you know it's almost like a robert schimmel type of thing okay where okay. people label them as being super dirty, but they're not it's just more edgy type of stuff right so he had told me about Canada. And he's like, yeah, I think you'd do well over here. I work over here in Canada. And so he gave me some numbers and stuff like that. And so I started working. I was on the West Coast on the uh, island on Vancouver Island mm-hmm. for a bit. Then I kind of spread over into uh, uh, Edmonton a bit there. And then was doing some stuff. Yeah, Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Then uh, Derek Ling Venus, yep. uh, who I'd worked with in Calgary a couple of times. And he wrote a, a letter and then just sent it to me. And he goes, I'm sending this to Absolute. And I said, okay, I didn't even ask him and stuff. He yeah, goes, yeah. in essence, he goes, he goes, I'm a fan. He goes, I'm a fan of yours. And I think you should be working at this club. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And so that was the <laughs> entry into it. That's what got me in uh, to working. But you know, there was just a bunch of people that just thought what it is that I did wouldn't be a good fit. And so, you know, and they were right. So it, it all worked out. But yeah, yeah, Derek Lingvannis is the entry to uh, absolute. So that's how it worked. Unsolicited.
1: And yeah. of course, the first time coming here years ago, I don't have. I don't know if the, the club was more under control or less under control back then. <laughs> that's the that's the really hard thing. Yeah, that
2: is a good. i like, a good comparison. I don't know. I'm like
1: I know we drank a lot back in the day, but I'm like, man, it seems a little better now. But you know, it always it, it, it well, comes it in waves.
2: Like the second time I came through here, I did New Year's. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. <laughs> the club it owner walking absolutely around.
1: absolutely crazy. Drunk, calling everybody fags. He fucking fags, dude. He fucking Like, what kind of business yeah. is this? Like,
2: yeah, from that New Year's, I can't believe that Al is still alive. From that <laughs> one New Year's, I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's been many since, uh, and I
2: still can't believe he's alive. I have. Seen, I think we may be on the uh, seventh generation of Al. I think that's yeah. what it is. I think they may just be making Al's down in the basement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got <a> cloning operation.
2: <laughs> just
1: <laughs> we're going to need another Timmy. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, Al is the Al's the manager. No, <laughs> it's He's the he's the bar manager. Uh good friend. Uh, we went to Al Al went to Vegas with me. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, Al, Jason, Simon, and the funny thing is, I remember at one point Al left with me. We left our hotel room, and uh, I was like, "Well, before we go, we should make drinks." And I'm like, "Oh, that's right. You can drink on the street here." Oh yeah, yeah. So we made drinks in the hotel room, got in the elevator. I got into a minor altercation with a gentleman who was there because we were at staying at the Venetian, and they were promoting the Faith Hill, okay. um, <laughs> Faith Hill Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw concert. McGraw, right. And I'm like, <laughs> like the fucking. <laughs> Cause I don't know. Country music stupid to me. Um, and I know that's very judgmental and I'm probably wrong to a lot of people who can't read, but I'm the <laughs> so I'm in the, I'm in the elevator and there's a, a husky gentleman with a white t-shirt on no sleeves. Okay, and uh, a tall, lanky. they both beautiful. They look, you know. And I wasn't trying to offend them. Yeah, I was with Al. I was drunk, and we were drinking more. <laughs> and we were going to buy souvenirs. And, uh, and the and the the elevators have advertisements in them. Oh like, yeah, yeah, Right, like elevator music interrupted by commercials. Right. You know, hey, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And then I, I would I would mock the song that they were saying, but I can't remember what the fuck it is. Yeah. And I just remember saying, "Al, fucking country music. Can't wait." I'm well like, country music's the best, man. You get your tickets for the cousin fucking festival this <laughs> and uh just I I just that kind of bullshit. And uh and this guy these two guys say nothing, and then we finally get off the <laughs> elevator. As we're leaving the elevator, I'd watch my mouth if I were you. And I said, You'd have sleeves if you were me. <laughs> and, <laughs> not thinking to myself, oh yeah, this is the place where oh, they will kill you for melting wow. off. <laughs> Never got out of the elevator or anything like that. I yeah. was just trying to be cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't trying to offend them. I was trying to offend everyone who loves <laughs> country music <laughs> behind closed doors. But, <laughs> but uh-huh. then we went to Walgreens, which yeah. I mean, I'd heard referenced a hundred times. I didn't realize it was just like a pharmacy yeah, just a, pharmacy just corner store. Right or yeah. yeah. Well, we walked into the Walgreens right next door to the, the probably in the bottom of the casino, if anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I may be there for. 60 seconds to a minute and a half. And Al's already walking up with a four pack of Jack Daniels and Coke pre-mixed drinks. Wow. And I go, and I go, Oh, you're going to pick that up. He's like, no, I already bought it. And he hands me <laughs> like he walked in right to the booze, bought it. And wow. Hey, if we're souvenir shopping. We should keep drinking. Drinking in a pharmacy is a weird experience. <laughs> I got to say like acceptably drinking yeah. in a pharmacy yeah. is a weird experience. So we're drunk drinking, shopping for souvenirs <laughs> in a pharmacy. That guy knows how to fucking drink. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe he's still alive. I have seen Al drink to the point where he pisses himself. Doesn't give a fuck. Like you go out and you want to take off. You've pissed yourself. He's like, well, fuck. I couldn't hold it in. Uh, you know, <laughs> kidneys have broken down at this point. The bladder's, <laughs> bladder's on red alert. But, oh, uh, you know, they're still serving. Bar's <laughs> still open. <laughs> they didn't ask yeah. me to leave. Yeah, so. be practical. I, we saw him one time when he went to a bar and they were having $3 Jager bomb nights. So he goes, uh, he puts down three $100 bills and goes, we'll have a hundred Jager bombs what? and then pays another hundred dollars and goes, and that's for the trouble of having to make a hundred Jager oh, bombs. Oh my God. And they're like, I don't think we have that many glasses yeah. available. And he goes, we'll start <laughs> making them and we'll get the glasses ready for you. For <laughs> like,
2: wow. Yeah. Have you
1: worked with Matt Davis yet? From Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama? Okay. No, so Matt came up here at one time, and, and Matt's been, fuck, we have 100, we have 100 Al should be dead stories. <laughs> Hundreds of them. Uh, pulled over by the cops, I think Jason, uh, Joe, Jip Joe used to work at the club, Al, and Matt Davis, whatever, and they had been drinking. Um, I think it's been more than seven years, so the statute of limitations is over on this. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but they were drinking, they got pulled over by the cops, I, th- I don't know if they got pulled over or if they tried to get in the car and the cops were there. Okay, <laughs> but they they all blew into the breathalyzer. They were all too drunk to drive, and they stood there chatting with the cops and fucking around with them. Everything that that where the cops gave them another chance to blow over, and one of them was under the limit now, okay. so yeah. they let them get in. Yeah. and go. But uh, Matt Davis was saying how like he does all sorts of writing and wants to do stuff, TV and, and movies. Always got ideas. Always working on something. Right. Super great. Like for you would never assume that this guy is from Birmingham, Alabama, one of the smartest and well-read human beings I've ever mm-hmm. met. Like I don't understand 50% of the information right. that he's giving me and I know I'm receptive to information. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was saying how like he wanted to do a documentary because he, the amount of times he's been at it with like Alan Cameron back you know, when Cam yeah, was yeah. the club, he goes the amount of time that I would go with these guys to like fucking Kanata, small little bar, even just a little further and they would drink a bar dry. Like, they would finish all their jack. Right. They would finish all it. just And it's like, and they're still these tiny little fucking that's Canadian crazy. kids. He's like, he's like, I tell you, I want to do a documentary called Drink a Bar Dry. He's like, because I'll take these guys down to the fucking backwoods, Alabama, these big old boys, you know, good old boys, who think yeah. they know something. Yep. And watch these little fucking Canadian kids drink their asses <laughs> under the fucking table. I was, <laughs> but it would be pretty difficult to find a company that's willing to back <laughs> alcohol. <boys>. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Then again, in the last few years, there's been a lot of documentaries where it's just like, yeah, let's kill ourselves with McDonald's right. yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know? But just, yeah, that's so, crazy. That's a lot of Al stories. Sorry, listeners. I'm, I'm given, <laughs> it's like, oh, let's do some advertisement for absolute comedy. Our head bartender's an alcoholic. Uh, don't give him a breathalyzer on shift ever. But, uh, oh, but it, fucking ludicrous. I'm just thinking your first time coming here and you go, what is yeah. what is It's
2: crazy. I was just I'm Like this is a because coming out of the comedy store, the comedy store was kind of like that during the days of the late '80s, uh, early '90s around there, because it was kind of the same thing. We had the run of the place, mm-hmm. and uh, so Mitzi would never really show up. You know, she never even paid attention to the comedy store in San Diego at all. So it was run by a comic. His assistant was a comic. The bartender. Everybody. I don't. They had maybe a couple of waitresses who were only waitresses Uh, and the rest of them, were, everybody else was there was a comic. So we ran the place. We had access to it. It was open seven nights a week. And uh the local comics had the run of the place, five of those seven nights. So all those shows would be filled with local comics. No other outside comics would be on there and stuff. And then at the end of the show, it would just be a drunk fest. The, uh, GM would just, the manager would just get liquored up. Everybody's liquored up. <laughs> it was almost a point where, where there was a club that would go on there. Cause I don't, you know, I don't drink. I'm just kind of watching this stuff. Where, <clears throat> Like, all right, well, now this guy has the DUI. All right, now this guy's joined the club. But the dui type <laughs> and everybody there was under DUI. So it was—it was very similar to that. When I walked in and on that New Year's, I was like, "Oh my God, this is like being in the comedy store 15 years ago." <laughs> <I was
1: listening. laughs> Maybe that's where Jason got the idea. Probably he went down there years ago, <laughs> and he's like, "Like, I love Jason's discipline." Is like, all right, like I remember, and I do. I laughed so hard because I'm like, "This is." This is the stupidest parenting I've ever heard in my life where Jason's discipline for people getting caught drunk was all right. You're only allowed to have two drinks while on shift. Now
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're only allowed yeah. to break the law a little bit. <laughs> all right. The training wheels are on your fucking criminality. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was fucking hilarious. It's it, it is and it's fun, dude. And when you're a new comic, holy shit, did I ever not progress in my life at all? <laughs> I mean, I was doing good in comedy, but in terms of just responsibility, getting drunk every night, right. sleep until three and be like, Man, I'm king of the world. Yeah. Right? And just but yeah, that's I've heard a lot of guys have talked to is like and I, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, where it's like, you know, there's someone who's a great comic, but they're not working on the business aspect at no. all. They just no. show up every night to do their shit and then Yeah.
2: That's it. Uh yeah, and it all depends on what it is, like uh, another another guy who's dead, and that i wonder a lot. <laughs> it's all dead talk with Lamont Ferguson. Uh, Dennis Wolfberg, I don't know if you know who this is, but uh, if you get a chance to look up some of his stuff, Dennis Wolfberg, he was fantastic, amazing. Uh, did not kill himself, so there, oh, there's, there's a happy ending. <laughs> so, but he, I remember the first time I worked with him, we were in uh, Sacramento, and uh, he was talking about Gilbert Godfrey. Wow, And uh, he's like, Gilbert is so talented, but he's the laziest fuck I've ever <laughs> seen. That guy won't do anything. He's just so lazy. And so of ranting about Gilbert Gottfried about how lazy he was at the time. And like I said, that was 89 around that time. 89, okay. stuff like that. So yeah. clearly
1: he picked it up. Yeah. Early 90s, he was doing Disney <laughs> yeah. voice work. Yeah. But he's got that wacky fucking voice that's yeah. just wacky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not my best adjective, yeah. but... Yeah, but he it was does. funny, funny listening to him
2: <laughs> critique him about the, about the comic and comics and their work ethics. Yeah. Now, just
1: asking me, because you would be more likely to know than I, is, uh, is that really his voice? I've heard rumors that that, that is not his real voice.
2: Uh, I've never. Not to make you be the one to answer. <laughs> yeah, any. I've never met him. I've heard him on uh, Howard a lot, he has mm-hmm. been on Howard Stern a lot. And that, in essence, is exaggeration of the voice. Okay, uh, but not by much. It's just not that. that, that, that. It's not yeah. that. He'll he'll soften it up and stuff. So when he's talking, but uh, man, that dude is so funny. That dude is it just in the interviews. He's so funny and so we- like he'll do weird impressions. He'll do Groucho impressions. Oh, Groucho Marx. But yeah, Groucho Marx impression. But Groucho when he was much older. <laughs> when he's just rambling and stuff like that he really wasn't funny it's just just old stories and stuff it's just absolutely hilarious that's fucking awesome
1: yeah Yeah, i mean like i I, i'm
2: sure we could we
1: could tell stories for hours i don't want to steal your entire day (laughs) but i'm having i'm having so much fun um well and and, you know what? we've always got stuff like dude you're here every year so i want to i'd love to have you back um, sure. where can people in the meantime because i've already told you fuckers um I, i'm very i'm very, very yeah, bad I like with that. my aggression um, <laughs> you fucking asshole like we're listening we're doing what we're told why are you yelling at us um you guys should go see lamont man he's fucking hysterical and you get to see him start in ottawa with the 20 new so yeah maybe, yeah. maybe 30 new I'm just, I'm just kidding i'm just yeah, raising yeah, the bar, yeah. yeah we'll see we'll see um happened. but you guys should see him in kingston again can anyone who's listening to this now if you're in kingston he's he's already in your town now, I, I would also recommend the second week because that's when you're headlining. Headlining the You'd get, get see week, yeah. more of Lamont. Um, but
2: then again, at the same And then, time, uh, you know what Toronto is? Uh, I, I'm just going to tell people that uh, they need to be prepared to be boarded. Uh, Toronto, both weeks, is Mike Dambra and myself.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a show not to be missed. Yeah that's yeah. a fucking so, so what you're hosting and he's headlining yep yep wow
2: yeah so, so prepare to be you bored. guys
1: yeah. two fucking <laughs> angry dudes are just gonna call that's great too and you know what because that's a perfect it's it's i like that the, the the pacing and the but i love that it's like crowd work and then material right yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. it's a really good balance you're still getting the same perspective and yeah. things like that but it's a night. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, are you yeah, looking so for that? Yeah, I'm
2: looking forward to that. I haven't worked with Mike in quite a while, so it'll be nice to see him again. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: then I I didn't even realize that I cannot recommend that show more. I'm actually going to get a hold of my Trump people. Look, this is this is the one yeah. to see. Don't fuck around. Um, well, that's fucking awesome. Where can people connect with you? Because you're I, you're great at social media too. By the way, I tr- no, I
2: don't know if I'm great. I try. I, tr- in- Dude, <laughs> I, I, I try for an old man. No, look at,
1: dude, I watched your thing from the canal the other day. You did a video from the canal.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had music, cuts, fucking effects. See, see, here's the thing about it. So I watch these people and I'm like, I'm going to try and do my social media and stuff like that. But I'm not like the people that just go, I just did this and I threw it up. You can even see them stopping the thing when they stop it. My whole thing is it's got to be produced and it's got to be sharp, which adds more work to it. But that's what I'm comfortable putting out there and stuff, so. Yeah, I think thanks. I try out that. Dude,
1: it looks great. I still can't. I I don't know what it is. Cause here's the thing. I don't ever think to do it. I don't ever think oh, to yeah, do that's it until the problem. it's too late. I'll put a little graphic up and go, oh, here's this thing. I don't think to do it. I don't know. I never feel like anything I say is interesting. Yeah. I never feel like anything I'm doing is interesting. Yeah. But so I'm just I just never like, oh, this is good. Every now and again something really cool happened happen. I go, ah. And then it's like this is a little whisper in the fucking noise. And it's like, oh, it might have been worth hearing, but I didn't hear well, it. Well,
2: yeah, it's a work thing and you got so. What uh, two weeks ago, I was in Utah. I was at a club I'd never been in Utah. I'm like, oh, well, let me try to do this thing. You know, I'm looking at Kevin Hart stuff and stuff like that. I'm like, let me try to give uh, these uh, 40 fans <laughs> a behind the scenes look. <laughs> so I'll, I'll record myself walking into the club and stuff and, and stuff like that. And then I think, okay, I'm not going to do anything while I'm on stage with the set, but I'll just show the people coming out. I always forget, I, I had ample opportunity. <laughs> and i forgot every single time to do any recording as the people coming out just forgot it
1: yeah. you Yet, did it in ottawa though i was sitting next to you you were you were recording the people coming leaving the show
2: yes that one i did uh but last night let's say last night so i've done all these these promotional things all throughout and stuff like that and i go well now here's what i'll do i'll videotape the set take real quick snippets out and just kind of put this together for a little hey this was my couple of weeks in ottawa type of highlight reel packaging yeah. Put the camera up there, forgot to turn it on. (laughs) Didn't realize till the end of the night I was talking to Aaron Power, and I was like, I forgot to turn the camera on. So, yeah, I don't know how these people are doing it. It takes a team and a village of people to do it, but like you said, it just slips your mind. Just constantly these things slip your mind. So whatever I can do to try to put together, although I was happy because somebody did say, hey, we don't follow absolute, but we do follow you and we saw your stuff when you were over at parliament promoting that you are going to be here. And we're like, oh, he's here. So we came and saw him. I'm like, that's okay. That's fucking awesome. I'm, I'm that's worth it. I'm going to heed your
1: advice right now. Can I take a picture of you just sitting here with me? Sure. We're gonna, I'll we're throw a, this up on we're Instagram doing at that.
2: some point. Look at this. We're actually talking. There
1: you go, guys. So this picture <laughs> is in, is at this moment in the podcast. You look so unhappy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting to I get <laughs> All right. And is that want to fit up? There we go. There we go. Okay, wake up. All right. So there's someone. you guys hear the I'll get your approval. That means it that, worked. That's something we can use, right? Yeah, sure. you with that? I, I look sleepy. No, you don't. You look happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See? None of us are ever yeah, happy with I... anything. I'm putting you on suicide watch now, too. <laughs> Everybody's going to opt themselves this year. That's my prediction. And then if I'm wrong, I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> I'll be happy that I was wrong. I don't want to be right.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, dude. But so I try, I try on the social media. So that's, uh, that's always TV funny, man. That's where everything is.
1: Yeah. TV funny, man. That's Instagram, Twitter.
2: Do you tweet? I do tweet. Uh, it, when it was all connected, it made it easier. And then when mm-hmm. Facebook got hacked, they, they disabled the thing to where Twitter connects to Facebook. Oh. So it doesn't, You, I'd have to do it twice. But yeah, I, I still do tweet.
1: I tried to do it. Like when I would tweet, I was like, oh, where else do you want to send this? And it's like if you hit Twitter, but then like your tweet would be like blah, blah, blah. And then like a link. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't like that. I want when you're scrolling through Twitter, bam, the picture right there to to show nicely.
2: Uh, You know what I do most of my tweeting is uh, I will live tweet events. Hmm. So if it's the Oscars or or something like one time a year, what's your the Juno Award? One time a year, yeah. yeah. I I don't know either. (laughs) I actually, I actually was live tweeting the Juno Awards and stuff. That's fun when I can sit down there and do that. I'll I'll do that sometimes, and that's kind of fun. A lot of people
1: do it with politics
2: and stuff. yeah i don't unless it's a debate and then it's always just funny st- i'm not even doing anything like everything i do is just for funny there's nothing that's that's put on there that's just like oh this is my opinion i'm ranting and like no everything is just about funny
1: yeah i i really i don't know where my people i don't think i have people i think that might be what it is because <laughs> i'm like every tweet might get like one like my post yeah like two well likes. that's that's
2: me too yeah, and uh, <laughs> i'm like Mine as well. A lot of times I'd like to look back at uh, when on the Facebook memories and I look and I'll see, I'll go, man, I was so funny on that day. (laughs) Yeah, type of deal. For those four people that liked it, I was really funny.
1: Yeah, it's like we only have thousands of of friends and followers and things on Facebook. But it's like, oh, four people liked it. That was nice. And now that you can see how many people saw it, it's like, oh, 1,200 people saw it. Yeah, Four people took that extra half millisecond. What do you got to do? I don't know what you got to do. Right. So I don't know. I uh I'm, I'm talking to you guys too. I know you see it on Facebook. <laughs> I know you didn't get this far into the episode either.
2: Yeah, I uh, I need a fan that's the thing. I always talk about I need cause I have a friend, Karen Rontowski, who's an amazing comic and my best friend in show business. Uh, whatever she puts up, she has a fan base. Karen, you're the best. Like just a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And I'll put up something I know is well-crafted and stuff like that. And it's like six people that like it. I need her fan. They. I need that type of deity worshiping fan. Yeah. My fan base is like me. That's the problem. They're like me. Like we're cynical and they probably question why they're fans of me is the whole thing about it. I, I don't know. Okay,
1: so I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I don't. I think that the best time for me to be promoting, following me and shit is... Is right after I had a good show. And that's not what I do. Instead, it's me telling people, you know, in basic conversation, like, yeah, I just follow my thing or whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they're like, <laughs> boring right now. I don't want to follow you. You're comedian? Yeah. No, cool. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not yet. You haven't earned it. <laughs> Everyone's Toronto to me when I'm talking about my social media. I gotta find out what's going on with yeah. But I think after shows, I also wanna make a mailing list. I wanna start, because I'd like to start producing and maybe doing like little theaters and colleges and stuff like that. It'd be nice to
2: have a mailing list and that's one of those things that's on my list, like hey,
1: I was uh, so, start a mailing list. I was supposed
2: to do every time I'm out here. I'm suppo- I'm always thinking, hey, I'm supposed to do it, and then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, get the cards, put them on the table, then collect the cards and stuff. And I always forget. <laughs> I, I always don't forget. want Never to get around. This. It's so much work. But you see these guys. I mean, I see a lot of these guys. They put all that work into it. Now, granted, they aren't the funniest people that no. you would see, uh, but they are really good at doing that self promotion. And, uh, you know, they'll get a mailing list that, Hey, when I'm here, come and see me. We were just talking about this the other night at the ice house and we were all older comics. So we were all just saying that, yeah, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. They're just like you were saying, Like we go, I don't think everything I say is interesting, and if I keep sending somebody about, I'm gonna be here, now I'm bothering them, and they're like, yeah. oh, enough of this guy, enough of this thing. And I said, the problem is, the people that do it, they don't have whatever this is that we have, where we go, we don't wanna bother you, they don't have that. They're just <laughs> like, hey, just come see me, I'm the greatest thing, come come.' You me. Know, just constantly bombarding people, and somehow it works. <laughs> Well, the thing uh, we can do
1: for you is to promote that. Now they're talking about all these guys like I'm not doing. That. I find your shit
2: interesting. Also, Thanks, I appreciate that. TV funny man. TV funny man for uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. And the I, tweet box.
1: <laughs> I like your House of Comedy posts. Oh, you'll take a picture like yeah. of the show happening yeah. live, and yeah. you're like tonight's House of Comedy. House of I, Comedy. Like <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So and then uh it's just Lamont Ferguson on Facebook. But but please, please, listeners, please get real close. There's more than one Lamont Ferguson. And here's the odd thing about it, there's more than one Lamont Ferguson. There's another Lamont Ferguson that also does stand up comedy. Oh yeah? He's horrible. Is he? Josh, he needs to be put down. Okay. He is absolutely I'm on it. horrific. <laughs> I'll invite him to uh and uh
1: Chain Link or whatever the <laughs> fuck that fucking food place is called. What's it called? Mountain Road?
2: Oh, claim jumper? Claim jumper. Claim jumper. I use, I've known about this guy for a while, because you, you 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 know Google yourself and stuff like that. And uh, I watched him, but he never affected me, because okay. I was like, and I never said anything about it, because I'm pro-black, and so he's also <laughs> a black. Comic. And tell recently, I was working with someone in Calgary over the summer, and the guy goes, he introduced himself to me, he goes, yeah, I watched all your clips online. What? And I said, uh, okay, good, and he goes, but in your clips, you were much younger. All your clips are younger. And I say, Oh, no, I control all my content. They are all pretty recent clips of me being on there. And he goes, No, I and I pulled up my whatever YouTube stuff hmm. and I showed it to him. He goes, No, that's not. And I was like, Oh, that son of a bitch. It's that other Lamont Ferguson. Like his maybe his his uh hits are coming up sooner. Yeah. So uh, he needs to be stopped because he is uh, horrific. And then ever since I started talking about this, it seems like he's gotten busier. No, <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah, you got to stop because now everyone's like, "Who
1: is this other one?" Yeah, and they just start yeah. putting hits and views yeah. and shit.
2: Yeah, so it's funny.
1: Is, and that's the part. That's the part I think that bothers me again. As I get older and less able to absorb new information, is the fact that the, the younger guys are the ones, like the the okay. So the entertainment aspect of social media just them killing time and fucking around has actually made them better business Mm -hmm. bodies, you know, to, to be able to, Oh, I know how this shit works. So now that I can, you know, taking it and applying it to a business and awareness and and media formats, like I'm like, you motherfuckers, I just got good at sending emails (laughs) (laughs) and now you got followers. So now people are just going to come. Let's do this.
2: There we go. That's awesome. That'll be up.
1: More pictures of us guys. We're we're trying. It's like we're getting ourselves excited and fucking. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fucking promote this shit, dude. So much fun as always. Are you? When are you going to Kingston?
2: Uh tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, uh, the evening. Afternoon. Afternoon. Evening. I'm tomorrow evening. Have, yeah.
1: Yeah. You have plans during the day. Mm, no. Okay. Not that everyone needs to hear us just shooting the shit about this or something after we're done. But no. No, I think I'm doing anything during day. All right. Well, I I gotta record the regular podcast. Maybe I'll find some. Maybe we'll do something fun afterwards. Okay. If you're up for it. Sure. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks Again, everyone, we're doing fun. this on Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're going to hear it on Friday. That's right. It is gray outside. Dude, there was a garbage fire across the street this what? morning. Yeah. I got to show you. I got to show you pictures. Uh, but I'll do that for you. So this has been a weird
2: day. Well, it's Friday. Friday. I'm looking for weather on Friday. So I, what I what I can wish them. Oh, okay. It looks like a little chilly. Nine, nine for Friday.
1: Nine for Friday. Fuck you. Um, Yeah. My London, you're in it now. Yeah. My London, Ontario friends. uh, I know you're listening. I hope you're listening. (laughs) I'm like, I know it. I've lost confidence. I I hope you're listening. Um, One one second, Easy come, easy go. Um, I, I very strongly recommend you coming to one of the two weeks trial. Absolutecomedy.ca for everyone who's listening mm-hmm. always good shows but if you're in Kingston or Toronto in the next little while please please check out Lamont Ferguson super funny dude uh, great comic his years of experience and his accolades always show on stage so so don't get it fucking twisted All right? just because he's <laughs> up in Canada where we don't deserve good comics doesn't mean we... <laughs> so, uh, so check him out TV funny man on social media uh, as always my friend it was great working with you it was sure. great Spending time. I hope we get a chance to hang out again before
2: you go, because I know it's going to be a year before.
1: I don't. I, I really thought I was going to hang out with you in Los Angeles. I don't know why I didn't. That's do the right. Math yeah, on that. yeah.
2: When you said that, I I, I thought so too, but it, yeah. I didn't realize. It dawned on me that oh no, you're still your sentence is still up here. You <laughs> still, <you're> still have. <laughs> you'll to, be with me in spirit. You'll I'll still send have you to pictures. Big rocks and the small rocks. While I'm so.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, my friend. I uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing how everything goes. I'll be in your home while you're in mine. Yes. <laughs> It'll be, indeed. Uh, be a lot of fun.
2: Thanks for doing this, man. <laughs> All right, man. Sure.